Welcome to the first Ralston and Sinks virtual podcast, otherwise known as RSVP. Everything is on the record, Mr. <laughs> Bowles, as we get started in talking about West Michigan's music scene and just in general talking about some things that maybe people talk about you know, amongst themselves at the bar and that kind of thing, but maybe they don't have all the inside information. We're going to provide some of that for you and just our own opinions on what's happening here in, in the Grand Rapids area and beyond. It's been a marvelous summer so far. Lots of great entertainment, lots of wonderful live music stretching from Kalamazoo to Traverse City and well beyond that. There's a lot of festivals all across the state. And of course, a lot of venues are doing things outdoors these days, which makes it a lot of fun for, for fans as well as the musicians. But there are some issues and they're starting to raise their ugly heads here over the last month or so in terms of concert etiquette and I have to say that I've written about concert etiquette many times over the years even when I was working for the Grand Rapids Press once upon a time and there seems like there's a varying things have changed over the years there's a different concert etiquette now than there was maybe 10 or 15 years ago and uh, there are certainly conflicts that emerge uh, and I wonder how musicians handle this and I wonder so you how, like want to be the Irma Bombeck of this is a, yeah this is what we are or, or Dear Abby and you know what nobody listening to this probably knows who Dear Abby is or Irma or yeah, Irma Bombeck for that matter but uh, yeah you know I just just to sort of couch this in gives people some background information there's a concert not long ago here recently at Meyer Gardens involving Andrew Bird marvelous multi-instrumentalist really talented singer-songwriter and a guy that really has a devoted audience and during that concert at Meyer Gardens a sold-out show and this is an issue that has been raised at Meyer Gardens before, partly because it's a wide open, people can see each other, and it's you know during the daytime, and you can see these folks. But uh, people were standing up, some of them, to listen to him and to enjoy the concert. And people behind them got angry and started yelling at the people in front of them to sit down. And it got to the point where it was actually kind of disruptive in terms of the flow of the concert. Andrew Bird even had to make a comment about it and said, hey, look, I got a lot going on up here. It really doesn't matter to me whether you sit down or stand. And you know, he tried to be nice about it and say, hey, you know, kind of work this out amongst yourselves so that we can continue with the show. But it is an issue. And I wonder, from your perspective, how do you handle this? You do. You actually host a bunch of shows at Meyer Gardens, a Tuesday evening music club, which are much more casual and laid back than a formal concert setting. But certainly, some people enjoy concerts standing up and partying. Some people enjoy them sitting down and listening intently. Well, I, you know, I don't know if I have any of definitive answers on that. I know that there, there is an ebb and flow that happens sometimes in, within the course of, of shows. Energy levels uh, expand and contract. Um, sometimes the venue doesn't allow for uh, sight, the, uh, the line of sight to, to, uh, to do this. Right. Now, I know that's one, one of the reasons why they... Uh, um, require or have a standard for the height of the seats. Oh, right, at Meyer Gardens. Folding seats. So there, somebody sure. must have thought it through. Oh, yeah. Because if you've got a smaller chair and a lounge chair behind the guy that's got this one of these really tall lawn chairs, you're not going to be able to see anything, even if you... Right. So here, so they're, they're making concessions uh, and provisions for the fact that somebody in a seated position is able to see the line of sight to the stage. Sure. Right? That's the reason for it. Uh, so it stands to reason that if somebody is going to be standing up, 
they're going to be taller than maybe a <laughs> seat with the high back even. Absolutely. So I think there, I mean, there may be something in play there as to how that gets enforced. Well, uh, and a lot of it gets enforced at the concert by the concert goers themselves. And I've been to many shows at Meyer Gardens where it depends a lot on the artist, in my view. If you've got an all-out rock and roll show and it's a younger crowd, like Umphreys McGee, which does a marvelous job as a jam band, really pumping up the audience, pretty much everybody stands. The people in the back can sit because they can just sort of overlook the amphitheater. It works out fine. And there's really no issues because essentially two-thirds of the amphitheater standing up and dancing and enjoying the show. But when you're at a show maybe with a slightly older artist or someone who's maybe playing more introspective music, a little quieter music, a lot of people just want to sit and listen. They really get mad when somebody stands up and decides they want to really get into the show. But on the other hand, how do you curb someone's enthusiasm when they really want to cheer on a, one of their favorite artists? And is it fair for someone else to decide how you enjoy a concert once you bought those tickets? Well, I, I don't know if there's any, I mean, I certainly can't speak to the um, policies of, of these particular venues, um, that there could be allowances provided where uh, space might be allotted, where people could go and stand if they wanted to, yeah, or dance if they wanted to, so maybe mark off particular areas for that to happen. Um, and in fact, you mentioned that, that's actually a good point because I personally think that if you are in that position at Meyer Gardens or even at maybe another venue and you want to sit and listen, then your best bet is to find a seat farther up and farther away from the, the band. You, you make maybe that concession saying, look, I'm going to be able to be up higher and I'm going to be able to watch the band and the people who are down front can stand up and they're not going to obstruct my view. Part of it is the choice you make and where you want to sit. A lot of people just want to have good seats, and so they get as close as they want, and then the people stand up in front of them, and they can't see, and they complain. But but there is a way to get around it. I mean, I've reviewed probably 150, 200 concerts at Meyer Gardens, and I always sit, when I'm doing a full-fledged review, quite often I'm standing anyway, just walking around, but if I'm doing a full-fledged review sitting, I'm always about two-thirds of the way up, and it's rarely a problem. I mean, near the end of a show when everybody stands up for a, you know, the encore and that kind of thing, then everybody stands up. It's not a big deal. But I think you can I think you can adjust for it, you know, if you go know that going in rather than complaining about somebody in front of you who's having a good time. There there there's certainly a criteria that everybody probably comes to it with. Uh, you've got to determine what it is that you're wanting uh, contextually from from the experience. Right. If you're wanting primarily because you've never seen this person before and uh, you have this idea that close proximity, it allows you to have an experience with this person uh, uh, that's more tangible for you, more memorable, then you would probably make that. And so sometimes having that where you go down really close so you can see you know, the subtle oh, sure. muscle movement of their face or whatever it is, when somebody gets up in front of you during that, and that's why you went there, you made that as a choice, then yeah, you're probably going to be a little frustrated because you're missing that particular moment yeah no that's um, true and, and you know a friend of mine was at the who concert the other day at van andel arena the who rock and roll band very energetic kind of stuff even at their age he stood up with his wife to watch the show from their seats and the people behind them complained and forced them to sit down essentially and made their experience at this concert much less memorable and much less enjoyable because they wanted to get up and stand and sing along and and, and dance to to the who on stage 
And, you know, I understand reasons why people want to sit. You know, there are some people that simply, for physical reasons, can't stand for a long period of time. They may have some physical issues uh, that prevent them from standing. They'd rather just sit and enjoy the show. They spent 100 bucks for their seats. They want to be able to see this. So, you know, they want to be able to not be obstructed by someone who's, who's perhaps has a different impression of what's going on. Or... You know, maybe they're intent on really, like you say, really kind of following what's going on, and it's easier for them to do that in a sitting position. But I think there are also options. I One of the things I suggested on Facebook the other day was, I think when people go to a concert in a situation like that, you, you start talking to all the people around you before the concert starts. Get there in plenty of time. Have some camaraderie with the people. Enjoy it as a community of a concert. And then ask the people behind you, well, you know, we're probably going to be standing up for part of the show because, you know, it's a rock and roll show. Uh, would you mind? And if not, we'll let you take our seats and we'll sit where you are. That way they can be a little bit closer. They can sit down. You can stand up and have some fun. I think there are ways to sort of mitigate it. It's not going to eliminate some of these problems. But I do think, you know, I well, think if you keep doing that and you keep doing that all the way back, eventually the people who are dancing <laughs> will be at the back of the auditorium. <laughs> yeah. And stand. you'll be up in the nosebleed right. section. So you might as well just stay at the back of the auditorium maybe. I don't know. Or, and take and take uh, you know spy glasses or, or binoculars or something. Yeah. Um, but but there's more to it than that too. I mean, it's not just the standing and sitting. It's the way in which people maybe affect the people around them at a concert. If sure. You, if you drink too much and you start spilling beer on the guy next to you or pouring it on top of a guy's head and 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 you're knocking into people, that's not a fun thing either. And no. believe me, I have experienced that many times. At you make a good point in terms of actually getting to know the people around you. You know. Of, talking, getting some of the uh, anecdotal things that might make it so that it, as the experience unfolds, you have some sort of connection with the people around you. Uh, and, and generally, you know, people don't wind up wanting to get into spats with people they kind of like sort of exactly liked, right and then that happens at festivals yeah. the and camaraderie you might even buy them a beer if you want to contribute to that i don't know i mean you, I, what you, want to you know uh, but it's an, a chance for a community experience and i agree we should come away from those things with that but again you researching the band knowing what the artist's about knowing the kind of audience it's going to attract all those things if you go in kind of unaware of that and, and it's a surprise to you or their music's too loud now sure for you Maybe you maybe you remember going to the shows or you heard them when you were younger. Now you're older and your ears aren't going to handle that as much. Yeah, exactly. So you, you find whatever research you need to do and then make your adjustment. And I think you need to be flexible. you got to see what the mood... If you're able to, you need to be able to see what the mood of the crowd is and, and kind of go with the flow. You know, Sometimes I think as a communal experience, we need to be able to recognize what other people are interested in and what they're doing and how they're enjoying a concert or whatever. But on the other hand, you get the situation uh, that we had uh, a couple of years ago at Meyer Gardens where an artist on stage gets interrupted by someone who's talking and partying loudly in a slower number and gets mad, throws a guitar down, curses at him, and walks off stage. So the question is, people, when you go to a concert, it seems to me if you're spending the tickets for the concert, you should probably pay attention, especially to the headliner. And maybe, yes, you can have fun with your friends, but is there a point whereby if you become disruptive to the actual artist on stage, that well, maybe it's it isn't not your such a show. Good thing? It's not your show. No. And, and some people and, think it's their show. And, and, just because you pay the money, that person is not your uh, servant. No. You know, you are buying into that. They're artists. They're, They're an artist. You're buying into that as if you were, were going to get on a ride or 
go see a movie or whatever. You don't like sit there during the course of the movie and yell at the theater. I mean, this isn't science fiction theater commentary. No, no, it's ex <clears throat> that's exactly right. So if you were an artist, I mean, I think he went overboard by cursing and leaving the stage, although he made his point, clearly. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle that? I mean, you've performed a lot and you've had to deal with people that are drunk and disorderly or, you know, or, or are too noisy during a show when they shouldn't be. A lot of times they will handle themselves or there will be people around you, them, that will, their friends. Hush them. Will, will take care of it. I mean, you don't have to go draw too much attention to it, I don't think. And, and in fact, we're talking about an outdoor event, an outdoor event. Sure. I mean, this, this some of this dynamic changes once you bring it indoors. Even though you're talking about like the the Van Andel Arena, that that what that's where that was happening, uh, and then you have the the propensity for people to want to like enjoy a cigarette or a variation thereof, and in, it's especially in a place where it's not supposed to be happening. Right, you know there are there are rules or sure. standards. There's always rules. That. And then the fact that an artist, I mean, there are many artists. I mean, Joni Mitchell used to have this as well. There are people who are very affected by the smoke, by the by the uh, the fumes of that, and they will not perform. Yeah, that's Roger Daltrey with the Who off. the other night. I mean, yeah. uh, I think uh, our, um, there's been, there's been. A, couple of other artists that were out oh, sure. outside. Oh, when you're outside, people tend to think, well, it will dissipate okay. more. Yeah. But it, for people who are really sensitive to it, they they don't. No, you know? no I get that. And like I say, it's I don't think what he did necessarily was the right thing to do is to storm off stage, although he made his point. They ended up booting the people out. Right. And the security came and booted the people out. And I think if somebody's really disruptive and really over the top, I think that's a smart thing to do. You get a hold of the security or you get somebody to say, look, this is ruining the concert experience for all these people around and let's take care of this. I mean, I think that's a rare instance, but it does happen. And a lot of it has to do with being, you know, getting a little bit too much beer or whatever into your system when, when maybe you should be a little more reserved or whatever. But... I do think I've seen artists who handle this masterfully from the stage where they say, hey, maybe if they point out the fact that it's okay to stand on these songs, uh, let's have some fun or whatever. Some of the people who have been maybe think that it's, they just want to sit maybe realize that the artist is encouraging this and it's okay. And, and I've seen it handled very well where people end up finding a way to get along. And, 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 and I think... Or they have a conversation with the person in the audience. And I think you've probably done this before, too, where you start engaging the person who's maybe causing trouble. And it's a it fine of, line. It when sort you of do eases that. things. It's a fine line when you do that because it's like you don't necessarily want to make them a star, the star of the show. Although, you know, it, it, it does, uh, it, can dis, it can dissuade them. Diffuse it. Yeah, you know. certain people. And it can be with humor. Sometimes it makes people laugh and then just, just kind of... Yeah, you don't want them to be thinking you're making fun of them, though, necessarily. No. Because you don't need any kind of weird altercations in the parking lot afterwards with people <laughs> who have been thrown out of a show. No, yeah. as a matter of fact, and it's probably happened too. Yeah, I heard of a, a situation, you know, where people... <clears throat> a guy was... Bill Hicks is a comedian. Yeah. And he was... He had a heckler and... and um, he was talking about his his particular background and his faith, and he goes, you know, he meet, he's walking out after the show, and these guys took it took umbrance with what he had said about, you know, going to church and and Jesus and and things that were in his show, and so they wanted to like debate get, him, yeah, kind of get him in the, you know, make him make him pay for 
his comments. Yeah. It's like, we, do, we don't really like that. You know, they were very angry and they were very, very aggressive. And his response was, well, you know, just forgive me. This was the whole thing. This fits in with your attitude? Right. Forgive me, yeah. yeah so. No, I think that's great. I, I do think that in, in some venues it's much more clear. If you go to a venue like Seven Steps Up, a listening room, where they have the rules set out pretty specifically, this is a listening room for listening to acoustic music and you really cannot be making noise and disrupting things while we're doing this. And they've set it up so that, you know, the, their staff are wearing like soft-heeled shoes and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's clear. And I think at a outdoor rock and roll festival, pretty pretty much people do whatever they want, and it usually works out okay because, like you say, there's that sort of commonality of everybody kind of being there for the same reason. But then there's those venues that sort of fall in between where there are seats and there are some rules, but maybe they're not spelled out for everybody who goes. And, yeah, and I like think it's sometimes the, it's tough. It's the hybrid, unusual venue type thing where there's been no... Um, course that has been sort of set out for people. I mean, it's 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 a new territory. Like, well, oh, yeah. how do you behave in this? Sure. Well, I'm, if I'm coming from this perspective of you know, I'm used to being dancing and hooping in front of a of a stage outdoors at a rock show. Um, I'm going to go. Maybe that's my default. I don't know. Yeah. And then, or if I'm a, a raised in the in the classical thing and more of a library and a hushed, and you sit there and you even try not to cough. Sure. You know, those kinds of things. That is a whole different approach. So it's where you're coming from. But now you're in this new room or new space, and you don't know. Right. Well, so it, there's a good example of that, too. And this is a story told by a, a former reviewer who I used to work with, who this was an indication of a band, a festival-type band, fish-type band, that was playing indoors in an arena. So the crowd was a hippie kind of festival crowd. So it was maybe taking that outdoor vibe indoors. And at one point, a woman in front of this person literally pulled down her pants and went to the bathroom in the seat in front of her inside the arena. Clearly, she stepped over the line. But for some reason, <laughs> the she music thought translated her to she a point thought, where she thought she was actually in that. She space. thought it was okay. Yeah. So sometimes, no matter what you do or the kind of rules you spell out, it may not make a difference for yeah. certain people at a certain show. And, and that's unfortunate, I think. Yeah, but on the other hand... You don't do certain substances before you go inside. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's true. But, you know, I do think that clearly there are times even in bars and, and maybe more casual places where this does come up on occasion where people are maybe talking too loudly and someone really wants to listen to the band. And, and I do think a lot of it just has to be... I think people just need to be more cognizant of the people around them. Try to be flexible, versatile, understand your environment. And like I say, I like the idea of just sort of, you know, striking up a conversation and trying to become buddies with some of the people around you just so that you can sort of feel like it's a common experience. I think that's a great way to handle it myself. Yeah, I think finding the commonality, what brought you together, what was the interest, you know, how did you find out about this artist? Those kinds of things are all possible. Um, interesting stories, you know, where you're from, even basic, basic uh, community interaction, which is kind of a lost art sometimes yeah. in public. We don't really want to invase, invade somebody else's territory or space. And often they're there to see a band that they know something about and you might not know something about that group or maybe they've seen them 30 times and you get to actually learn some information about something that's going to make your experience a little bit better. And mm -hmm. I always think that's great. So, 
All right, well, that's our first podcast, RSVP. Thank you for listening in. We'll be back with a lot more stuff. And if you want to be able to uh, direct our conversation, feel free to email us at john at localspins.com. Maybe suggest some subject matter uh, that we might want to discuss and some interesting things that you might want to know. And we're going to cover everything from West Michigan music and beyond. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of RSVP in the very near future. So stay tuned.